This is the Abundant in Love podcast, helping you discover or reconnect intimacy and sexuality in your life and relationships. This isn't about sex or being sexy. It's about building connection and providing you with the insight needed to restore trust and love in yourself. You got to believe you deserve it. Then you just got to ask for it. Now, please welcome your host, Barbara Bartosh. Hello, lovelies. Welcome to yet again another episode of the Abundant in Love podcast. So this is a special edition because I'm tipsy. I have been drinking Apothic Crush 2017, and it's pretty darn good. And uh, it is after Christmas. I survived, and I'm headed to the new year, and my children are with their dad this weekend, and I'm packing up an entire house, uh, two and a half acres and a thousand square foot shop, and I have 40 days to do it because I've sold my home and I'm moving. So I figured, why not talk to you guys in a more lighthearted way? And one of the ways to do that is while I'm tipsy. So last week we did domestic violence with Lisa Davis, and the audio was fairly poor, and I apologize for that. Remember, I'm still learning. Today, it's a solo episode because I'm tipsy, and nobody probably wants to talk to me when I'm tipsy. Uh, Today, I wanted to talk about uh, letting problems and drama and trauma define you. And um, I've kind of come across something, it seems like, in the last year. I think I've seen it from time to time throughout the years, but this year it's become fairly prevalent. I keep running into people, and I will try to convey this as well as I can, I keep running into people who don't really tell you what their hobbies are, or um, I don't know, things they're passionate about or excited about. Um, It seems like when they're trying to describe themselves, some people, I've noticed that the theme they choose to introduce as kind of their avatar is what they've gone through. And I know it's a little different than um, somebody who, you know, say writes a book um, on abuse or something, or like Lisa last week, she's an advocate. So of course that's that's a part of your story. And if that's actually your brand and who you are and um, your passion and mission, then that makes sense. But I'm talking about just normal everyday people. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I think limiting beliefs has to do with it. And I believe, um, see I'm tipsy and I can't remember. It's limiting beliefs that have something to do with it. And also, um, I don't know, I'll think of it in a moment. So my thought is, you know, you have people that grow up with some sort of trauma, whether it's abuse or poverty or bullying, just it is something that was so pivotal and so present in their life that even though it's still not happening to them, it stays a pivotal present thing. So, um, you know, this one woman I talked to, um, she just randomly brought it up and she doesn't know I do a podcast. 
And it, it was interesting to me that she just said, yeah, um, I suffer from depression sometimes. And, you know, I said, oh, I do too. You know, I suffer from seasonal depression. And I, I wasn't going to go into detail about how, you know, I suffer from depression for other reasons too. I just, you know, I was trying to commiserate with her. So anyway, she just mentioned, you know, yeah, my sister died. And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, this must have just happened. And it was like 10 years ago. And then she said, um, you know, and, and um, you know, my aunt died like 10 years before my sister died. And I could tell that no matter where I tried to direct the conversation, she was going to be sure to go back to that every single time. And um, I'm trying to think of other examples because this has happened plenty where there is so much about a person that you could be learning. And the only thing they're presenting is that. So my boyfriend, Dean, and I started to have this real long conversation about it. And we were thinking, you know, because we love to observe people and ourselves, we were thinking, where does that come from? What, you know, defining yourself by trauma, um, does it come from a need of attention or affirmation or attention, um, I think I just said attention. Oh, good Lord. Um, oh, apothic crush. Um, where, you know, just where does that, I guess first, what is the need? And, and maybe the question really isn't where is it coming from because, you know, it's coming from the trauma. But what is the need? What is somebody fulfilling by hyper-focusing on these two or three details out of a sea of details, a complete lifetime of details, you know, because I've had trauma, um, you know, just pop up through the years and had quite a bit as a child, but it isn't the first thing you learn about me. It, it may be something I never speak with you about, um, you know, regular everyday basis. Of course, I'm on a podcast now, but, um, you know, I, I kind of go with, um, I really like Brene Brown saying where she says something like, um, you, um, people have to deserve to have a seat at your table. Meaning, you know, you don't have to air your dirty laundry out to everybody that, you know, there has to be special worthy people um, who are allowed to hear your story, who are allowed to hear those very vulnerable, difficult parts of yourself. And I really like that. So my thought is, what is it about this specific person that they, one, believe that's all there is to um, present about themselves and why everybody is allowed a seat at their table? And um, like I said, again, this is different than people that are advocates on a mission, branding, and that's what they're actually you know, focused on, I'm talking about everyday people. So the reason why I think on these things is it's concerning because I think, you know, some of these people I've spoke with, they have amazing qualities about them and uh, they have hobbies and passions. And a lot of people aren't going to hear about them because they can't get past only presenting this one story to everybody. Um, or 
they don't have hobbies and passions and they're in a bad place. And one of those reasons is because they've never gotten beyond defining themselves in those moments um, and in those ways. So, you know, it goes back to that limiting belief concept that I brought up is, you know, we we can, when you have a limiting belief, you continue to live in a way and react in a way that perpetuates that limiting belief. So my idea is if you're, I'm trying very hard to stay away from the word victim, um, but I really can't think of another word because the whole idea is if, if you're kind of walking around with this victim mentality and your story is always the trauma that you've been through, um, what are you going to be able to manifest beyond that? How does things progress for you if you're still in that moment and in that space? And I think, you know, this person I was talking to that says they, you know, get depressed easily and people have died in their lives. And, um, you know, there's no doubt that they have lived with um, loneliness and loss and grief and confusion. But that isn't the sum of who they are or it shouldn't be. And, you know, the idea is if she's keeping herself in that space, then that is going to be the sum of who she is. And I didn't know what to say because, you know, we're not super close and I'm not a counselor and she didn't ask for my advice, but I so badly, because she's kind of young, I so badly wanted to tell her, don't do that. Um, and I was thinking of a time when I was younger and it dawned on me, I think I did this same thing. And so my question is, how did I break that? Because I didn't even really know I did it. But apparently somewhere along the way, I shed myself of that. And I guess I was just during my own evolution. But what makes some people evolve out of that and others not? But I'll admit, you know, I'm not shaming anybody because I'll admit probably until I was probably, well, kids, I guess, probably until 27 years old, I think I did the same exact thing where the prevalent thing you were going to know about me was the trauma I came from. So then I'm like, okay, you should totally know what's behind that since you yourself did it. But it feels like so long ago, I don't know why I did it. I don't know if I did it for attention. I don't know if I did it so people would maybe be like, wow, that's a strong person. So affirmation. Um, I know that I don't like people feeling sorry for me, so I don't believe it's that. Um, and I guess in the end, it really doesn't matter why. But, and I feel like I'm babbling because, I don't know, maybe the wine is making me think I'm babbling and I'm not. But I guess I just want to encourage anybody who's come from a hard place. And we all have hard times. But if you start finding yourself when speaking with people, when that is the only thing that you're bringing up, that you're talking about, that you're observing and, you know, picking apart and, and presenting to others and thinking about, then I think I would do a check because it's really an awful place to be in. And the fact that you can just keep 
being on the hamster wheel and manifesting it over and over again and staying in that space, nobody can evolve that way. And that's not a life. And I think that maybe more of us do that than we're aware. And I'm thinking you don't even have to talk about major trauma. You could just talk about drama like within your family. And you know, you 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 run into those people where the only thing they're ever going to talk to you about is all the drama in their family. And you think, man, if you could see your life outside of this, you would probably get off that hamster wheel and stop engaging in all of the drama and giving it fuel and giving it power um, and, and put that energy into something, you know, with vitality, something that helps evolve and grow and expand. So that is my thought on defining. And uh, I'm, I've been running around a little bit with some college students and observing them. And I'm kind of noticing the same thing with the ones that come from trauma. And they tend to be the ones that are not doing as well in college because I think they're so distracted by the trauma they've come from. And I do recall that. Um, it was very hard for me in college uh, when I was younger because I think I was still trying to filter everything and, and, and look at the world through just a very noisy head and heart. And that made college really difficult. And um, I've been around a few college age students like that. And um, they're kind of doing the same thing. They're on the hamster wheel and they keep talking about this and they're dropping out of school or they're doing horribly. And um, they've got drama with their friends and boyfriends. And I'm thinking if you could start telling yourself a different story, a better story, a story about now and not five years ago, 10 years ago, what would your life look like? And that goes back to, you know, in this young woman I talked to, she she wasn't in my demographic that I normally have talked about, you know, being passionate about, but she was just out of it. So my demographic that, not necessarily for the podcast, but the women that I'm passionate about are 17 to 23 year olds. And the reason why it's important to me, that demographic is, if you think about it, 17 to 23 is a time where young women, even young men, are making really pivotal decisions that are actually their life-changing and, and their lifetime decisions. Um, people are deciding if they're going to go to school, they're deciding on career, they're deciding on mates, partners, they're deciding on marriage or being single. They're even deciding spirituality. They're deciding, am I spiritual? Am I religious? Um, am I nothing? Have I inherited what I believe? I mean, just that little avenue alone is huge. They're deciding um, travel. You know, they're deciding moving, um, kids, all sorts of things. And when people are making such huge lifetime decisions, 
under this definition, this incorrect definition of who they are. I think that the decisions they are making influenced in that way could be really bad decisions. And I am saying that from personal experience totally. You know, I came from trauma. I met somebody and 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 made decisions about schooling and kids and all sorts of stuff all within that age range I'm talking about. Um and I did it with a sense of urgency, scarcity, fear, frustration, made the decisions through a ton of noise, self-loathing, and I can't say I regret the decisions, but they definitely were life-altering. I mean, I got married, and I was in a 20-year marriage. Um, I didn't finish school until much, 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 much later, and I put myself in a, um, you know, I was in a, a Christian marriage, but I put myself in a denomination that now I would not. Um, and it kind of hurt me through the years being in this denomination. So I'm thinking, if I hadn't been defining myself by what I had left a few years before my childhood, what I had been experiencing, then would my decisions have looked different? Would they have not been um, based off of scarcity or urgency? Instead, would it have been somebody who loved themselves and saw that they were more than what they came from, that they weren't the sum of all of those situations? And would I have taken my time? Would I have felt the comfort with taking my time? And um, would I have trusted my own decision-making skills rather than wrapping myself up with somebody that I hoped would make good decisions for me? So this is something I'm seeing in young people still, and maybe I'm able to see it really well because I did it. Um, And there is no shame in this. I want to make that clear. If there's somebody that age or even my age who's done it, it's, it is what it is. There's no shame in it. You're just doing what you know. You know, everybody does the best they can in the moment they're in with the resources they have. And that's all there is to it. And um, I did the best I could. I wanted to build something with somebody that didn't look like what I came from. And... I was, there was such a sense of urgency to do that, yet no knowledge. <laughs> and, um, and also me coming into it defined by this baggage. Um, the, it wasn't even who I was. It just, it was a part of who I was. And it had influenced me. But I wished I would have known that that wasn't me. And I want girls, young women out there, even young men, to know that you aren't the sum of what you came from. You know, those are just, they're spaces and stories and time that help make who you are, but they don't mold you and make you stay that way. Um, 
you know, you lean, you acknowledge how it felt good and bad and you lean into it and then you let it go. And then you continue walking and you continue gathering more experiences, acknowledging them, leaning into them and letting them go. And I mean, really life is just a process or should be a process of doing that. So really nothing defines you. Um, because you're always on this journey of gathering and, and shedding and, um, man, I hope after I listen to this, it's, it's going to make sense. It's making perfect sense to me, but wine always makes everything make perfect sense. So, um, that really is all I have to say for this episode. It's a much shorter episode, um, and not because I don't have anything important to say and not because I'm tipsy, but I just didn't want to be a dead horse. That sounds horrible. Gosh, Barbara, you're an awful person. <laughs> anyway, so staying on this topic of defining yourself by your trauma, it, of course, brings me back to the guy I have the 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 crush on Dr. David Schnarch. I know he's probably like 70, but his brain is amazing. And I love that book, A Passionate Marriage, or The Passionate Marriage. And remember in it, he talks about self-validation and other validation. And I think that this, once again, perfectly aligns with what we're talking about. So when somebody is in that trauma and they're only presenting that part of themselves to you, I'm thinking that's got to be totally other validated. Um, I'm thinking that comes from the place of other validation because I'm thinking you're presenting this to this person and it's like you're wanting them to pass judgment on you. Like, do they feel sorry for you? Um, do they think that you're overreacting? You know, what do they think? I'm presenting this to them and I'm waiting for them to decide what they think of me. And I guess I'm waiting for them to decide how they're going to define me. Yet I'm only giving them this one little thing to define me by. Whereas I guess a self-validated person... I think that would be the type of person that would decide who deserves a seat at their table, that they have enough facets of themselves that if they didn't think you deserved a seat at their table, well, then they would just present to you the basics, you know, or, or the things that um, were in line with what you two were discussing, or they would just present the, the shell of the person, you know, the pleasantries, the, hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. And you, how about the weather? And um, I would think that a self-validated person absolutely wouldn't define themselves by their traumas. I think that a self-validated person would know going into a conversation with anybody, they would know themselves well and know where they come from, who they are and where they're going and be comfortable with that and know that no matter what part of themselves they presented to you, that it didn't matter because your opinion of them doesn't matter. So 
I really think the validation thing plays in here for sure. And um, then there's this idea that I think some people can kind of get addicted or have a strong reliance on that story, on the trauma story. And I don't know if it's a comfort to them because it's just what's familiar and it's what's been replaying in their head for years. I don't know if it's a comfort for them, if they feel kind of weak, like they've had their power taken away. Um, Maybe continuing that by allowing people to feel badly for them. Um, I'm not sure. And I really wish I could go back and talk to um, younger Barb and ask her what her motivation was behind the times that she just presented the trauma. But I can't remember what my thought process was then because I have evolved so much. And I'm not saying I've evolved into anything grand. I have just happened to evolve past that part. Um, I've got a whole lot more evolving to do. And, and you know, hopefully um, a healthy person will evolve and expand until the day they die. So, um, but uh, I don't know. I would encourage everybody... You know, I know I keep honing in on 17 to 23 and women, but men, women, all ages to think of themselves beyond those memories and experiences that are burned into your brain because there is so much more. You know, when I think of my trauma, and there's been quite a bit, um, I also think, though, of you know, gratitude, just kids. And yeah, I was, you know, married and it didn't work out, but guess what? I got to be married for 20 years and some of that was fun and I learned a lot. And there are some sweet times to remember that I wouldn't have had I not done it. Um, you know, and, you know, I got to go to school later and I got to graduate and I'm getting to do a podcast and I have a kick-ass tax accountant job and I'm an entrepreneur. So it's like I'm filling my life with things that make those past stories and traumas pale in comparison and maybe that's where we need to get, especially with young people, maybe we need to get them to the place where they're winning at things. And, and, and I'm not saying being rich and successful entrepreneurs and stuff. I just mean winning at life, winning at things, conquering things, enjoying things, learning things. And maybe those would overtake and, and maybe their evolution could be quicker than some of us that are older. Um, you know, it took me, I don't know how many years because my evolution is, you know, every day, but it just took me way longer than I would like for it to take people. So, you know, if you are somebody who lives with this narrative and this story and these experiences are burned in your brain and your heart, and it seems to be the only thing that comes up in your head and in your conversations and in your presentation, 
I would start looking for wins. I would start looking for things that make you happy, that make you feel something, that make you feel passion, and start overriding those and start creating a completely different space. And I'm making it sound easy. It's not easy. It's a simple concept, but it isn't an easy practice. But it can be done. There's tons of people who have done it. I've done it. I'm continuing to do it. You know, you know I don't have my, my younger life trauma that tries to invade very much anymore, but I have my more recent trauma, which would be, you know, the pornography addiction and the divorce and stuff like that. So that's more recent and that tries to present itself sometimes. And I have to remind myself that's just, that is just experiences and some things in my past, but they don't define who this 42 year old lady is. Um, because I like to kayak and I have a podcast and like I said, the kick-ass job and I've got kids that are clever and, oh, they drive me crazy, but they're so clever and funny and smart. And, um, I have to remember that I have all of that and I have 35 days to move out of my house before it sells. And I mean, good night that all of this is just so much bigger than these little traumas that try to keep us down. So I'm gonna stop talking and I'm going to hope that I did not babble and that this was actually coherent and um, I can't even think of the word, it's not consistent, not consecutively, dang it, damn wine. Anyway, I hope that it was coherent and it flowed nicely. And I hope that you got some value out of it. If you didn't, just, you know, I don't know. Go drink, drink wine while you listen to it. Maybe you'll enjoy it more. I don't know what to say. Anyhow, the next podcast I do will be after the new year. We will be in 2020. We'll be in a new decade. And uh, I would encourage you... You know, whether you make resolutions or not, whatever, you can call it whatever you want. You can even make it a promise to yourself. Um, But uh, define yourself in 2020. You know, uh, it, it doesn't have to, you don't have to use anything from 2019 and before. You can completely create you in a new space in 2020. I promise you can do that. Um, and try to have some fun and try to be grateful for what's right in front of you, not always paying homage to all the things behind you. Sometimes we give things credit we shouldn't and we ignore things, you know, that we should be giving credit to. So a very, very happy new year to you. And I'm so glad I'm going into the new year with you. I only started this on October 15th, so we have not done a whole lot together. I think this might only be the 14th episode. So next year, you know, I'm going to do what? Is it 52 episodes with you? And I'm going to be with you every week. And um, I'm pretty excited about that. And I'm excited to learn more. And I can't promise you that Um, There's not going to be a few more wine episodes. There may even be a whiskey episode because Barbara loves her old fashions. Um, But uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about next time. I've got 
a whole year of interviews scheduled with people. So I'm super excited about that too. And I thought I'd let you know I'm now on Twitter. So I, I embarrassed my kids and told them I'm on the Twitter now. So they think I think they think that I think it's called the Twitter. So I'm going to continue to let them believe that. But I'm on Twitter now. And whoever knows how to fix this, tell me, because they gave me the username at abundant in. So I thought that kind of sucked. And now I don't know how to fix it. And I'm also on Spotify. So man, we are on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And I keep trying to get people to go to iTunes just because that's where I'm trying to develop um, the subscriptions, likes, and ratings um, so I can grow and expand. Um, but I'm also on Instagram now, at Abundant and Love. I'm on Facebook, at Abundant and Love. I'm on the Twitter. I even got on TikTok, but I don't know what to do with it yet. I just know I want to do something. But I don't know what to do with TikTok and, and abundance and love and human connection, but I'll think of something. So anyway, happy, happy, happy new year. Thank you for going on this journey with me, and I will see you in 2020. Bye. That's all for this episode of the Abundant and Love podcast. Be sure to like it if you love it by subscribing to the show and engaging with us on social media at Abundant in Love podcast on Facebook and Instagram or visiting our website at AbundantInLove.com. Remember, you got to believe you deserve it. Then you just got to ask for it right here on the Abundant in Love podcast. 